Hello, I'm Lee. I'm Troy. I'm Rachel. Welcome to Sciencing Fiction. Alright, so last week the teaser was Goat Satan, specifically that half human half, like, satyr, half goat on the bottom half, and then the top half is either human or humanoid, possibly with a goat head with the Baphomet-type style. Uh, what do you think the question is? Troy already knows because I ruin everything. Oh, Troy already knows. Yeah. Okay. What I was thinking of when you were talking about the half, like, the bottom half the goat, the top half the human, it made me think of other, uh... Is Satan an animal? That is a very good question. I guess. Okay, but I'll say animals. Other animals that have, like, two different parentages and how their body might change depending on who's the father and who's the mother. Like, a liger and a tie-on sort of situation, you know? What is the difference between a liger and a tie-on? They look slightly different. Uh, it's pretty subtle. The difference, I think, is... Well, I know for sure the difference is that the liger has a tiger mom and the tigon has a lion mom. But then they look slightly different. Hmm. They have, like, more or less tiger, depending on who the oh, mom is. Oh, because coat color is on the X chromosome, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's a coat color difference. Yeah. So, like, this Tigon, like, has a very light coat, but has, like, the tiger stripes and also more of a lion face. But then the Liger has more of a tiger. <laughs> yes, the Liger has more of a tiger face, but has, like, the orange tiger body. So they look slightly different. So my thought was some sort of question about Satan's parentage, if you will, which I don't think he even has a parentage, <laughs> but... I mean, he's supposed to be a fallen angel, so... Baphomet is not the same thing as Satan. Okay, I'm curious. We can get more we'll into We'll have to get later. into it. First, the question, Troy, even though it already got spoiled for you, do you have questions? I did not think of a second question because I was so focused on knowing what the actual one was. <laughs> And researching that. Alright, uh, the question itself, um, and this is actually not from me, this is from my sister who messaged it to my family's group chat, is <laughs> Goat Satan kosher? The meat of Goat Satan. Is it kosher? And I think to preface this, we should probably say maybe a little bit about our religious upbringing. Um, <laughs> I was brought up Jewish, um, it's definitely like a cultural part of me, I grew up keeping kosher as well, um, but kind of a reform style of kosher where we would have bird meat and milk together, but not like cow. So you can have milk. cream of chicken soup, but not a yes. cheeseburger. I didn't, but yes. We did turkey burgers, turkey cheeseburgers. Oh, I was going to say, when the hell it. would you ever do that? But okay. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely what we used it for. Um, because the rule is you cannot boil a kid in its mother's milk. Mm -hmm. But turkey and chicken do not make milk. So that rule doesn't apply was our rationale. Okay. So, in sum, mostly Jewish, more culturally. What about you two? Uh, I have quite possibly some Jewish ancestry, but no cultural Jewish upbringing. I know colloquially about kosher laws, but I'm excited to learn more. Were Jew you brought up with Jewfact.org. Solved. 
<laughs> oh, F-A-Q. I heard F-A-C-T. Oh, no, no. Q-F-A-Q.org. Oh, that's even better. It rhymes, then. Q-F-A-Q. That's <laughs> so good. Dad jokes. Uh, I, I was raised um, in the Methodist church and never really had uh, any sort of lifestyle habits from it other than just going to church. So and now you're a witch. So. Yeah, and now I'm... I'm a heathen. Yeah. My parents basically just told us, hey, here are the options. Think whatever you, whatever the hell you want. Um, I went to a Quaker church for like three months when I was in elementary school, but that's the only time I went to church, like the same church more than once because uh, my dad was raised by a pastor and by the time I was born was having none of it. And my mom's side of the family is uh, Catholic and supposedly Jewish at some point, so we've got all the great uh, giving each other guilt. Um, <laughs> but I know very little about religion. I have looked into uh, kosher in the past when having a similar argument about Furby oh and whether God. Furby would be kosher. Oh, we can't. We can't, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one is less got... interesting because there's more clear of an answer. It is. Furbies are birds, aren't they? Yes, and uh, specifically with birds, it has to be officially approved in a specific yeah. way. And there's no way a Furby would be approved. Yeah, mm. so Furby is not kosher, so that one is easy. Now, Rachel, I'm curious what your argument is for why Baphomet would be kosher. So, goats are kosher. Yes. Because, obviously, kosher law forbids cannibalism, not... Great with religion, cannibalism. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> but goat Satan, I mean, is obviously not human. So I would say using the... Oh, at least giving me a face. No, I'm thinking, what What about angel meat? Like, I mean, is there a play? I don't actually really know. I know that there is some over... There's overlap between Christianity and Judaism, in a, in a lot of ways, but also, like, significant differences in other areas. Are, there are yeah. angels in the Torah, right? There are. There are angels. They don't look like the humanoid, like the humans, but with wings, which I think are yeah, popular like angels. Big, like, flaming wheel of eyes or flaming whatever. Flaming wheel of eyes. Yeah, they're all very non-human angels. I have no idea what just happened. Neon Genesis Evangelion happened. Gotcha. Are they, are they, um, I don't want to say animalistic. That feels the wrong, like the wrong word. But are they like animal based? Like something that you could eat? Because a flaming Most wheel of eyes not. you can't really eat. <laughs> Which is why it specifically concerns the incarnation of Satan that's half goat. Because I'm pretty sure that has no basis in Jewish religion. I'm pretty sure that that's a, a Christian. Or something. I don't really know where... You guys get to Googling the birth of goat Satan, because that is, I'm sure, a rabbit hole. Um, are you wondering specifically, like, where the character comes from, or are yeah. you wondering... Oh, I actually researched this. Yes! Yeah, that was a big portion of what I researched, because um, I knew Baphomet and Goat Satan were not... I mean, Goat Satan is not a thing. There's Satan and there's Baphomet. They're different creatures okay. entirely. Well, um, and I think we're talking about Baphomet. Yeah, Baphomet is the one with the cloven hooves and the goat head, and oftentimes wings and is associated with Levian Satanism, and also just Satanism in general, because uh, different satanic churches now use it as an icon. Okay. But before you go into that, yes. I want to very quickly um, 
bring in the definition of, like, a kosher animal that lambs fall into. And it's basically a ruminant animal, so an animal that chews its cud with cloven or split hooves. What makes you say that Baphomet chews his cud? What makes you say he doesn't? I say because he has goat-like characteristics, it is likely he carries that as well. But also, the only cuts of meat that are kosher are from the mid-torso upwards, which is humanoid. That's true. But half-human, I think, the Torah does not have guidelines on humanoid animals. It very much makes a clear-cut definition. kosher? No, because it does, it's not a ruminant, it doesn't have cloven hooves. Monkeys do not have cloven hooves and therefore are not kosher. Fair enough. Okay, but, uh, so, uh, talking about cloven hooves, Baphomet has cloven hooves, but also from the waist up is a human. Is it, wait, is it waist or hip? Uh, from the it sort of blends over okay. the torso, based so, on the most famous image of Baphomet. What it makes me wonder is what sort of reproduct not reproductive, what sort of digestive system is going on there? Does yeah. he have a ruminant? Does he have a rumen? You know, the yeah. ruminant stomach, or is he just like humanoid, and then his feet happen to be a different shape? Like how no, how Baphomet far... definitely has like goat lower half. Yeah, yeah, but how far is it? Is it goat? You know, like how how much percentage of goat does it have to be? Well, Baphomet does have the goat head. Yeah, that's true, and a goat hindquarters and legs. Um, I'm searching to see if Baphomet has something to eat, but let's go to Troy because I cut you off about the the start of Baphomet. Okay, so there's a couple of different things that I've read about. Baphomet and where the idea came from, but they all come back to the Knights Templar. Oh my god. And specifically what happened was during the Inquisition of the Knights Templar in 1307, the Knights Templar basically admitted that they were worshipping this deity called Baphomet, and Baphomet was something that they picked up on the Crusades. And so there are a couple of ideas about where it comes from, but it seems best I understand, it was them being idiots and combining multiple different religious things. An Egyptian deity with getting the name from the name Mohammed, but not being able to pronounce it right, and tying that name to an Egyptian god because they were just dumb. Wow. This uh, is only one of several possible etymologies for Baphomet. One of the other ones I see is that it has to do with, um, it's a combination of letters based on some alchemical symbols. But specifically, I know phosphorus is one of them, and I don't remember the rest, but basically the Knights Templar took multiple different, like, religious ideas and combined it into their own weird bastardization and decided to worship it. And that's where Baphomet came from, supposedly. Neat. So yeah, it looks like this is supposing Knights Templar and stuff. So this is 18th century, so this is 1700s myth, basically. The Knights Templar are not 1700s, they're 1300s. Oh, they are? Yeah. Sorry, I was seeing something. It was a bookseller from the 1700s. (laughs) Sorry, 1300s. Okay, I think that that could be considered actual myth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's old enough. Neat. Yeah. Do we want to set a precedent of, like, at least 500 years old? Yeah. Does that sound like a good... But then we can never do that one episode that I wanted to do where we argue about the Demogorgon. Oh, I guess that's... Demogorgon? 
Well, I think, no, I think that's, I think we can have things from myth, and then we can have things that are not from oh, myth. Oh, so you're saying so our definition instance, of a mythical creature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, like, a, like sci-fi creatures are cool, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but for something, like, when we talked about Dracula, how we were like, okay, we're talking about old-school Dracula, yeah. like, not Twilight vampires. No. Yeah. But that was 1800s, right? Yeah, Bram Stoker is significantly Stoker. more recent than that. Yeah, I um, think I think it depends on how also, old. Also, yeah, there's like, so little information about the Knights Templar era version of Baphomet, because Baphomet was just this weird nebulous idea, sort of <laughs> like, if you imagine it's the religious version of somebody painted a rhinoceros after hearing about one. Okay. Yeah. Um, or like all of the different medieval bestiary creatures that never really existed, but were, like, somebody described something and it kept picking up different, like, amalgamations of different creatures until you had something that never actually existed. It's sort of the religious version of that. It's only within the past, like, really recently that Baphomet as an idea has been, like, solidified into a thing. So I don't think we can say that, because, like, the classical images of Baphomet are from within the last 200 years, if I understand right. Yeah. True, true. So that that is the image of it. Was the Knights Templar version Baphomet, like, half goat? Or was it just the name that comes from that? Um, so they had the name, and then according to a significantly less well-cited source, let me find it. Because I found something where there was a picture of an ancient Egyptian god that they probably saw some iconography of and combined into that. So the goat-headed god did not emerge until the 1850s as being what Baphomet is. So I did find something actually very interesting um, about the parable of sheep and goats. Sheep are loyal. They follow the son of God, metaphorically a shepherd. Goats, on the other hand, are disobedient and difficult. We see here that goats are being used as a metaphor for sin in Matthew, uh, very early in the development of the Christian church. It's like that cake song. Yeah, sheep go to heaven, goats Goats go go to hell. It's apparently biblical. Yeah. In in the goat association, not necessarily goat Satan, but goat associated with Satan. Hmm. Yeah, he will pull the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Shepherd, the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So it is the implication. So I found a little bit more also about um, the where the goat aspect of Baphomet comes from. Um, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but there's nobody left alive who speaks ancient Egyptian, so I can get away with it. Banjet. Um, that is B-A-N-E-B-D-J-E-D-E-T. Does anybody else uh, want to? Let's see. Uh, Banjet. Works for me. That one, um, who represented the soul of Osiris, and also uh, this guy, Levi. I think it's like Elphias, Elphias Levi. Elphias. Yes, Elphias Levi was also inspired by Pan. Hmm. Oh, that makes a lot of sense if it would be a merging of the Pan myth. Yeah. And actually, especially if we're going Knights Templar of that being. Yeah, picking up random bits and pieces from yeah. different places they went and killed people in. Now that brings a relatively similar, I think, issue, is Pan kosher. Pan is also depicted as a satyr. Uh, mm. with the goat lower half has horns, but has a more humanoid face and arms. I think, given what Pan eats, Pan is not a ruminant. 
because he feasts with the Greek gods. And drinks a whole shit ton of wine and other things that would not be well digested by a ruminant for stomach system. That's true, but goats also are very famous for being able to eat anything, including tin cans. They don't eat tin cans in Well, reality. not for funsies, but, like, they they can digest a heck of a lot more than most animals. Wine, probably not a huge part of many goats' diets. Uh, His diet is definitely humanoid. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's fair. Also, if we look at the teeth, let's see if we can find a picture of Baphomet's teeth so nice. we can get an idea of what kind of dietary... Well, especially with the goat head, it looks like it has goat-similar teeth, not human-similar teeth. If we were to interpret Baphomet and Satan as the same entity, Hmm. then doesn't Satan in the Divine Comedy, like, constantly gnaw on human flesh from the top three sinners of all time? I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the inner circle of the ninth layer of hell is that it's Judas Iscariot, Brutus, whatever his last name is, and I don't remember who the third one is, but Satan is just, like, gnawing on their legs, eating them alive for eternity. I want to say Pontius Pilate, maybe, but I don't remember. Oh, I think so. I should know this. The deepest circle of hell is reserved for treachery. Uh, There are four rounds. The first is for traitors to kindred or family. I think we're going to need to go to the part about the center of hell. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, Cassius. Mm -hmm. So Satan is described as a three-headed beast. Each mouth is busy eating a specific person. Brutus, Cassius, and Judas Iscariot. But I think, honestly, none of this matters because I've got a bombshell for y'all. Which is that Baphomet, as a god, cannot die. You cannot consume the flesh of a living being that is strictly forbidden to the point where you can't even sell it to a non-kosher-keeping person. Hmm. It's, like, beyond not okay. You can't even sell it to Goy. I looked it up. He can't... he can't die? I mean, he's a god. What happens post, um, rapture? So, you are once again conflating Baphomet and Satan, which, are we going to conflate them or no? Well, you were conflating them for the bombshell. I was, no, uh, no, I went back to not conflating them anymore. I was just bringing that up as an interesting tidbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think... Do we want to call them one and the same, because... What happens to Satan? Does it prove my point? What happens in the rapture? I don't know. I don't know. I've never read any of the Bible. I tried to read one of the Christmas stories once because I felt guilty about celebrating without (laughs) having worshipped Jesus ever. Okay, give me a second to Google the rapture. (laughs) God, we're so bad at religion. (laughs) Well, it's not my wheelhouse. No. So we're saying that he can't die because he's a god? Yeah. There there are uh, pantheons where gods can die. It's true. In the Egyptian pantheon, for instance, because we were just talking about it, Osiris does die. He's but killed at the hands of another god. At the hands of, well, yeah, so would it have to be then a god to kill him, and in order for it to be kosher, that god has to be, like, what? what's the... What's the name of it, Rachel? It has to be approved. What do you call the people who can, like... The people who can who can kill the the animal for it to be kosher. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> eh. Eh. But, you know, it has to be, like, a specific person who, like, 
does it the right way. So if Baphomet is a god and can only be killed by a god, is he then just, like, killed by... I feel like god the is the god ultimate showjet. I think so. So... So he has to be killed by god. If it is the... But then doesn't... Only a god can kill another god. I'm not sure. Because, okay, in, in Judaism, there is Hasatan, who is an angel that has fallen. Yeah. But there is no hell. Like, Jews don't believe in hell. That's a a Christian concept. So the idea of making him a god after he was an angel isn't really a one-to-one. Yes, but Baphomet is not a Jewish concept. Are we... We really need to figure out if we're conflating them or not conflating them. Because I think we are conflating them. Yeah, goat Satan is not a thing. So either Baphomet is... I've seen some things where Baphomet is used kind of interchangeably now with Satan, yes, but it's now. not. It it was not. This no. is a really good image. Oh my god, I um, love it. Oh, date for this. Circa 1485. Okay, that's solid. This is uh, from the um, Satan Wikipedia page. It's Hans Memling, uh, his art, his painting entitled Hell. Uh, in which Satan is like some sort of like Chewbacca <laughs> he really does. face with horns and some sort of weird like second face like a Pokemon dog ears. <laughs> yeah, and he's got bat wings and like tiny droopy boobs and a big like ogre face on his abdomen and then like weird frog legs with three toes like a bird. Like a bird. Yeah, so like I think there's maybe some precedence for, uh, I think there's some some sort of precedence for having Satan depicted as um, not entirely, like, humanoid. Okay, that's fair. Um, so then, my question would be, what does Judaism define as a human? I mean, as a person. Oh, as a person? Yes, what defines personhood? Because I saw an article arguing over whether GMO organs that had human organ bits in it. So, obviously, pig's not kosher, um, so this is a moot point, but it was more along the lines of moving forwards as more and more creatures get genetically modified. What do we define as a person? Hmm. I, I don't think that that broaches into personhood, but I know the debate of, like, organs grown in labs yeah. is an especially hard one because whether some whether meat is defined as kosher is based on the animal's life and yeah. what you know what they eat yeah. um and if meat in a lab does not have any of those features it's technically not kosher even if it was cloned from a kosher animal but is it technically meat i mean i think it is i think that it doesn't really define meat so much as it defines what is acceptable and not. Because there was no real concept of what is meat. I think that this question of what is a person is important to this, because, like, is a person something with a soul? If so, all we have to determine is do angels have souls? Because if we are just accepting Mm. that we're conflating Baphomet, Satan, Beelzebub, all of the demons and whatever, then... We just have to decide. I think that's really solid, honestly. Does Satan have a soul? I think he would have to. It can't be a meaningful rebellion without a soul. Why is that? Well, I mean, the whole concept of 
what makes a person a person. Um, and I don't know if this applies in Judaism as well, but in Christianity, the concept of original sin, is that a thing in Judaism? No, don't no, think okay, so. No, never mind. Definitely not a thing. Okay. Because the whole thing about, like, in order to rebel against God and have it be a meaningful rebellion, they had to know what they were... They had to, like, be conscious beings, because without consciousness, then it's not rebellion. Hmm. I like that. I like that idea. Um... And I could be, like, butchering it because, like I said, three months at church in second grade. It's a question about why God permits some demons the freedom to wander about the earth. <laughs> and I, I've heard this before, like, why does God let bad things happen to good people? Um, and what their their response is pretty great. Um, you know, we know that God permits evil as a necessary condition for freedom for the rational creatures he's created. Angels and humans have free rational souls. Mm. So I don't know, this isn't, like, cited from anything. I'm sure there might be, like, some sort of verse that sort of lays that out, but that says to me, if they have free rational souls in order to be able to make their own decisions, mm -hmm. Satan has made his own decisions before, therefore he would also have a free rational soul. Yeah. That's the entire point, and if we're tying it back into Satanism, that's why Satan is worshipped, is as a god of self-determination and knowledge. Yes. And this this doesn't necessarily relate to Satan, but it does relate to something um, from, you know, my temple experience, is if you're talking about, um, you know, the story of Moses and Pharaoh, and yeah. Pharaoh said no a bunch of times, and Moses and God, like... Kept getting more and more shitty. Yeah, just more and more, you know, locusts and pests and then kill your firstborn son, all the things. Yeah. Um, but, so, my dad was learning Hebrew when I was younger. Uh, he got a B'nai Mitzvah. He did not get Bar Mitzvah at 13, although he was Jewish. It just wasn't a huge part of his life, and it was later. But he was translating the actual Hebrew. And not in the English translation that it provides next to it, but in the original Hebrew, they say... Um, Every time Moses asks if Pharaoh will relent between every plague, um, the actual Hebrew text says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Yeah, he makes him say no, and this was to create an example out of him. What the fuck? Yes, this is from the actual what the Hebrew, fuck? and it's I just not translated. That. Is that um, is that included in like the Prince of Egypt movie? Because I. It where is, I've heard that phrase before of, like, the Me Lord too, hardened Pharaoh's heart. It is a thing. It is not in the movie because I adored that movie as a child. The music is phenomenal. Maybe it's just not taken as God doing that as a conscious act to make an example out of him. Maybe it's somehow read differently to people, and so it's, like... Possibly, but that is the intent that yeah. goes along with the Hebrew. That's crazy. So, it might be that it's not Satan making a decision more as God an example. making an example out of him. Yes. But the whole what? point of evil is that it's necessary for free will. So why are you making an example out of somebody to prove that evil is bad if you have to turn them evil to do that? That means that free will doesn't exist. Or that if it does, people just don't choose evil naturally. And angels as well. So either really free, free will in Judaism. Yeah, either free will does not exist... Or people and angels and all that stuff just are naturally not evil. So God had to create evil either way. If 
if I am understanding what y'all just said. This is like some high level shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not religious enough for this. <laughs> this isn't from myjewishlearning.com, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. There are theological problems with the idea of human free will. Jewish tradition depicts God as intrinsically involved in the unfolding of history. Uh, the Bible has examples of God announcing predetermined events and interfering with individual choices. Rabbinic literature and medieval philosophy further developed the notion of divine providence. God watches over, guides, and intervenes in human affairs. How can this be reconciled with human free will? It's definitely something still debated, I am sure. Um, solving the free will problem, especially the problem of divine foreknowledge, was a major aspect of medieval Jewish philosophy, uh, which offered an array of possible theories about what God knows and doesn't know. Because if God knows everything and guides actions, how is free will a thing? Oh my god. So, that we've, we've gotten like... some limit to <laughs> omnipotence and omniscience. Fuck. Pseudo-omnipotence. So, this is this is something debated by far more religiously competent people. Yes. Let's bring uh, this back to something we actually know anything about. Does Satan have DNA? Meat. Uh, Does oh. Satan have DNA? I would say no, because Satan is not built to reproduce, nor any angels. So then the human part would be all human, and the goat part would be all goat, yeah? If it's not DNA-based, then it would be just a form. It would not be, like, like it has to be genetically a goat to be a goat, otherwise it's just a goat-shaped thing. Is that what you're saying? I mean, if it doesn't have genes, then it's not a split human half, goat half. Yes, but it also means there's no reason to think that it's combined in any way, which would then mean that eating Satan flesh would be eating humanoid flesh and nothing else. True, but there is no... Again, there's no distinction made for humanoids. There is only, does it have cloven hooves? Is it a ruminant? Um, and then specifically what portions of the meat, making sure that the animal doesn't feel pain and is butchered by somebody who is approved with doing both of those things. I, I have a, an interesting point to put in here. I did not know the reason that they didn't eat the rear end. Yeah. Um, and I found Unclean, the answer to that. Uh, it's the sciatic nerve and the surrounding blood okay, vessels yeah. can't be eaten. Oh. But it's so time-consuming and difficult to take that out. So most American kosher slaughterers just don't sell oh. it, and they just sell the, the previous stuff cut off before the sciatic nerve. That makes sense. To not deal with it. Why is it specifically the sciatic nerve? I don't know. Because it's, I know you can't consume it blood. It something so it to, needs to do have. with a specific biblical story about somebody who had that part of them injured somehow. I remember reading it and then not paying any attention because I didn't think it would come up. <laughs> okay, apparently Israeli butchers do take out the nerve, so they sell hinds. Yeah, I thought I had seen, like, hindquarters... All right, okay, it's Jacob. The passage is Genesis 32, verse 25 through 33. It says, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. When he saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip became dislocated as he wrestled with him. Therefore, the children of Israel may not eat the gid hanashe, which is on the socket of the hip, pronunciation, <laughs> until this day, for he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, in the Gid Hanashe. 
which must be the sciatic nerve. Oh, okay, that makes sense enough to work. So, yeah, I would say I still am pro-eating Satan. Yeah, Uh, so what I thought about with that was... So if we're going to eat Satan, if we're going to eat it the lazy American kosher way, it's only going to be the top half. Yeah. Which the top half is human, so definitely not kosher. But if we're going to go to the trouble to take the sciatic nerve out, then the goat half of Satan is kosher. And this leads me to a follow-up question. Is it moral to eat goat Satan? And we, we did that with the partial human vets and whatnot. And because Satan is the root of all evil, especially in, like, Christian literature and everything... It's probably pretty unclean. Is it immoral not to eat Satan? Because you are getting rid of the world's greatest evil. But couldn't you just let him go to waste? And that would be the ultimate, like, fuck you. That's true. That's very true. I think he absolutely would be unclean. There's another piece from this kosher kosher law explanation that says the animal must have no disease or flaws in the organs at the time of slaughter. I think just being the, like, (laughs) living embodiment of evil is, like, the ultimate flaw. (laughs) Well, I mean, if there's a particular mean goat, I wouldn't necessarily say... Yes, but that's not the literal embodiment of all evil. I mean, goats are pretty mean. Goats no, are... goats are good. Goats they're are... dumb, but they're good. Sheep goats are evil. can be mean. Sheep can also be mean. They had it backwards. Goats <laughs> go to heaven. Sheep go to hell. I've worked with enough goats. Goats are better. Okay, fair. I wouldn't say that necessarily makes the meat unclean. I mean, can you really imagine devil meat being anything but unclean? That's a very valid point, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the question comes down to who is available. Is it is it moral? Is it immoral? There's probably a lot of gray area within that, but I bet you there's at least one person who would. I mean, dude, I... And if that person could just take one for the team so nobody else had to, like, <laughs> struggle with the issue... It's true. That would be pretty sweet. We just need to determine whether it's a possibility for Jews. <laughs> What, what do you think? Would you eat Satan? I'd eat Satan, but I, I'd try anything once. Yeah, i totally eat Satan. It's like, that. what a rare delicacy. Yeah. Know? Like, there's only one. <laughs> if you were so lucky as to be able to try a little succulent bite of that, <laughs> Just a not? little bit of Satan? Just a little bit. I Just imagine... a savory, savory, uh... I'd imagine you taste a lot like lamb. Num-num. I bet. But, like, spicy. So does spicy? Satan not exist at all in Judaism, or... Just he does, doesn't he? He is. Like, he is... What's uh, his role? Is he the embodiment of all evil, or is he more of a trickster and a tester? Because that determines whether it's moral or not. That is a very, very good point. Because mm-hmm. the embodiment of all evil is a very Christian version of Satan. The Jewish View of Satan from JewsForJudaism.org The Bible contains multiple references to Satan. The word appears just twice in the Torah, both times in the story of... Baalam, the seer who was asked by a Moabite king Balak to curse the Jews. When Balaam goes with Balak's emissaries, God places an angel in his path, the Satan Lo, as an adversary for him. The term appears multiple other instances in prophets, often in a similar context, referring not to a specific figure as the Satan, but rather as a description for individuals who act as a Satan, uh, an adversary. So Satan just means an adversary. Only twice in the Hebrew Bible does Satan appear as a specific figure as Hasatan, the Satan. 
One is a brief reference in the book of Zechariah, where the high priest is described as standing before a divine angel, while Satan stands as right to accuse him. The other is in Book of Job, where Satan has a central role in the story as an angel in the divine court. According to the biblical narrative, Satan, here too commonly translated as the adversary, seems to urge God to create hardship for his righteous servant Job, arguing that Job is faithful only on account of his wealth and good fortune. Take those away, Satan claims, and Job will blaspheme. God permits Satan to take away Job's wealth, kill his family, afflict him physically, none of which induces um, Job to rebel against God. That yeah. sounds more like uh, someone who tests and... Yeah, I'm reading this thing here, and it says, Satan remains inferior to God and is incapable of taking action on mortals without God's permission. So he's absolutely a tool of God. Yeah. The same way that uh, Pharaoh was. Yeah, it, it seems like he's not an autonomous force. He's an agent of God. In the story, Satan inflicts suffering on a human being and seeks to induce him to sin, but only with God's permission. So it, it really does seem like another trial of God, more so to, to prove a point to other people rather than a specific entity making decisions. On the opposite end, um, from the Wikipedias, nonetheless, the word Satan has uh, occasionally been applied metaphorically to evil influences, such as the Jewish, I'm going to mispronounce this word, exegesis. That's not a Hebrew word, that's just a word I don't know how to pronounce. Oh yeah. <laughs> of the uh, Yetzer Hara, evil inclination me mentioned in Genesis. The congenital inclination to do evil by violating the will of God. See, the congenital is is a weird thing to yeah. throw in, where it is yeah. something from birth where you were born to... Yeah. Which smacks of original sin to me. Yeah. See, what I wonder about now, when you say, okay, so he's an agent of, of God sent to test his followers... Is it a test to see if you'll eat Satan? Ooh, I love be. that! And what option is passing the test? If God eating him or not eating him? If I Satan think is the about it is. <laughs> <laughs> and what is more Jewish than that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, Satan's role is the adversary. It's not and the root of all evil, it's the adversary. Yes. Does it show your willingness to defeat an adversary, or does it show weakness that you would not show grace? I mean, is that or is that more of a Christian concept? I think that's the more other of a, that's definitely more of a Christian. Yeah, concept. the turning the other cheek is a that it's is a Bible Jesus. verse. Yeah. yeah, but I was wondering if a similar concept applies anywhere in Judaism. I mean, I can't think of any. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's not. But like, it's the Torah is bloody thing. as hell. Like, it's kind of a big thing in Christianity, I think. So but maybe it's just not as big in Judaism. So, if the role of Satan is to be the test, yeah. is this not just Satan testing you as well? Maybe he wants you to eat him. See, that's giving Satan autonomy. Fair point. But um, if we go with the God is controlling Satan, then. That means destroying one of God's tools. That's a very good point. Yeah, I would think, he not be angry? I think whether he, I think if you eat Satan, that yeah, I feel like it almost seems against God to consume Satan. Yeah, I think it would have to be because I don't see a positive I scenario. Defy, I defy God by devouring Satan. <laughs> 
all kinds of metal as well. That's a t-shirt. And, like, that, like, crappy metal font that's just, like, all the weird, like, stick shapes that, like, vaguely looks like words. Have you seen uh, the pictures where it's, uh, um, my new metal album, uh, my new metal album cover and it's just, like, a bunch of tree branches? Yeah, it'd be like that. (laughs) I do. I defy God by defiance. Okay, so I think... In sum, is Goat Satan kosher with the goat characteristics if Satan is a ruminant? If Satan has has a rumen. Which we have no reason to think. We have no reason to think no, though. I, uh, I, I still the rest think of his the torso is human. Torso, but not necessarily head if we're going back from that version. But where's the rumen? That's true. Yeah. Hold on. Uh... Goat but I mean, if half of your anatomy, if half of your digestive system is going to be on the lower half, oh damn, it's like way anterior. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole like first half of the goat. Yeah, which is the human part on uh, the. I got a lot to mess. That's that's a good question. Of, I mean, I would assume that the other half of the digestive system is in the lower half for you know vacating bowels and whatnot. Does Satan poop? He'd have to wait. Does he he eat? eat. If he doesn't eat, he's not a ruminant. He doesn't chew his cud, therefore he would not be kosher. So, in order for Satan to be kosher, Satan has to eat, and therefore Satan has to poop. And an animal has to live a good life in order to be kosher, right? It doesn't have to be a good life if you don't eat. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, a good life versus a holy life, because we're going as root of all evil. It's not Wait, can animals live a holy life? No, you could it's, it's read definitely like. To them. <laughs> is it not miserable? Okay, yeah, okay. And now Satan's only kind of mentioned twice in the Bible. There's really no reference to eating Even in the Torah. I mean, in the Torah, he's mentioned a lot more in the Bible. Bible. Yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't he like people who read the Bible Jesus are all him? up in arms about Satan all the time? Who's up in arms? People who follow the Bible. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, he's pretty much a key player. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it gets a lot of hype, you know? I think other humans are... Hell is other people, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I am I should preface this with I'm not a Satanist, but I like the Satanist interpretation of the devil the best. Me too. Which is free Which is will I don't think that he's yeah. like... I think he's just a, a dude doing him, you know? I do like the dude doing him, but it doesn't fit my mythos. Yeah. Um. Anyways, in sum... If Satan eats and defecates and has a rumen, then I think Satan is kosher. There are a bunch of ifs in there. Yeah. But I think that if you consume Satan, that goes against the Jewish interpretation of God and God's will. And so, kosher or not, you cannot consume Satan. You're going to get on God's bad side. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So I All won. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that that was fun. Honestly, we got a lot more <laughs> biogenic goat Satan. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted this than I expected. Heck yeah! I was also thinking if we wanted to tag on another thing. Yeah, Satan is is one thing, and he's kind of special. You know, like he's yeah. like a new, special boy, numero you know, special boy. <laughs> but what about like other like demons or something? 
like, could a demon be kosher if, like, just one of these, like, random, like, low-rank demons, you know? Well, they don't look, they're not half-goat. They're not half-goat, no. But are there demons that are things that are kosher animals? For instance, a winged sphinx, like, that's a type of animal. A sphinx is, is there... clearly not kosher, The sphinx no. is not kosher, And no. as soon as we get into bird territory, they're very specific on uh-huh. birds. But, like, is there some sort of, like, specific demon that might be a kosher animal that then you could you could uh, eat that one? I have to say, I really love the fact that Lilith, um, her name means screech owl, which oh, is how, uh, witches and owls got associated with each other. Oh, I love that. Oh, yep. I'm pretty sure demon is not a Torah thing. So I'm going to Google. Azael, the goat that departs, the scapegoat. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Azazel. Oh, I can't uh, read. <laughs> uh, I think Azazel, I'm not sure. Yeah, the goat that departs. The great majority of moderns regard Azazel as the personal name of a demon thought to live in the wilderness, who is maybe a goat. Would that be kosher? If it's a goat, yeah. Yeah, I see no reason why not. Yeah, because it says Aaron casts lots over two goats, and the one for Azazel, quote, is presented alive before the Lord and then released into the wilderness. So it's a real goat that oh. then somehow got a demon put in him. I would definitely eat that goat. It's probably pretty unclean, though. I need to look up more about this. What the heck? How did it get the goat in it? You mean the the demon? demon. (laughs) It was the goat. Got a goat. I've got got a a demon. Demon! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he's a fallen angel. According to the Book of Enoch. Okay, so this is the scapegoat bearing the sins of the Jews sent during Yom Kippur. Damn, we just feed bread to ducks now. <laughs> no, bad. Feed it's, them peas. It is bad. They Actually, rabbis have been like, don't feed your sin bread to ducks anymore. It's Stop. bad for the ducks. Give feed them, them sin sins. Sin seeds. Yes. Uh, you can market that. Yeah, apparently, too, he, in the, uh, during the Second Temple period, he appears as a fallen angel responsible for introducing humans to forbidden knowledge. Mm. So is he then also an instrument of God? Mm. I like that. So again, probably shouldn't eat him. Yeah, I I feel like if anything is Torah-y, it is God's God's really the puppet master of all. Oh my god, they threw this goat off a cliff? (laughs) What? This is the is this real or is this yeah, part this of the story? Rabbis, well, possibly. Um, it may be sent away into the wilderness, but then it says here later rabbis interpreting Azazel as Azaz, rugged, and El of God take it as referring to the rugged and rough mountain cliff from which the goat was cast down. That's a little different than sending it into the wilderness. Yeah, like into a wilderness death trap. Can I interrupt with some really fun Jew fact? Yes. Uh So my favorite is Superman was obviously created by Jews because Kal-El, his alien name, is Hebrew. It is? Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, I don't know what Kal is, but I know El is God. El is of God. Okay, he doesn't seem to be a goat anymore at this point, because it's talking now about him. According to the Book of Enoch, Azazel's like a leader uh, when things like are leaded up to the Great Flood, and he's like teaching men how to fight and make weapons, 
and he's teaching the ladies how to look nice, I guess, and he taught them witchcraft and, quote, corrupted their manners. <laughs> and then he was bound hand and foot by uh, the archangel Raphael and... Uh, Donatello. Yes, uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo. Um, all four of the turtles bound him hand and foot and chained him to some rocks. It's very easy to read all of that with a human in mind, but I think it's even better when you picture him as a goat. Yeah. Teaching people how to fight and make themselves look beautiful. Wait, so what happened after they tied him to a rock? Uh, he is to abide in utter darkness until the great day of judgment, when he will be cast into the fire to be consumed forever. Okay, Whoa. then not kosher, because that's not a very happy life. That yeah. is not a very happy life. That's true. I think fallen angels typically don't have very many happy things in their life. Yeah. What other sort of demons we got here? Do we have another one? Well, apparently call doesn't mean anything, but yeah. it follows the L meaning yeah. convention. So it's just call of God and jor of God. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've probably about... Yeah, I... Talk this one into the ground. Y'all want my teaser for next time? Alright, the mythological animal for week after next is gonna be the phoenix. The phoenix! Ooh. I love them. Okay. Um, this is the... The bird? Dumbledore type. Dumbledore type. Okay, so yeah. the bird well, dies, catches on fire, and is reborn from the ashes. Yep. That phoenix. Okay, interesting. Go this ahead, time I have the no idea what the question is. I actually is. kept this one secret for Good once. Good job, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> We're on the secrets now. Alright, well, thank you so much for listening. You can reach out to us in a bunch of ways. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions that you think we should debate, definitely send us an email. It's sciencingfiction at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook at Sciencing Fiction, where we'll be posting some photo companions to our episodes so you can follow along with our visual references. And if you want it short and sweet, we're also on Twitter at sciencingfic. That's S-C-I-E-N-C-E-I-N-G-F-I-C. Also, make sure to subscribe if you want to be among the first to hear when a new episode comes out. No cryptids were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye!